Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Welcome to our 67th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. And I'm Seth. Every week we have a drink with our discussion. <clears throat> and this week we uh, we actually got a bottle of wine for our anniversary from our neighbors, Sean and Jennifer, mm-hmm. uh, back in May. And we just now decided to bust it open. Yeah. Because we didn't really feel like making drinks. <laughs> we just yeah. It was a good like, lazy alternative. Yeah, for sure. Just pour some wine. But it's the, it's the barefoot red, yeah. red Moscato. Uh-huh. Award, then, another award-winning. Award-winning <laughs> red wine. Yeah. Is it award-winning? No, I don't know. Yeah, it is. It it's is, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's award-winning wine. Yeah. It's good. Uh-huh. Like sweet red. Yeah, it is, is it. good. I know. Well, we, yeah. Yeah, we like the, the sweet stuff. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. No. Oh, is that too loud? Yes. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So this week, we are going to be talking about healthy qualities in a truly happy marriage. Yep. Um, But before we get started with that, Seth has his dumbass post of the week. This one says, marriage, now would (laughs) (laughs) marriage is about understanding what irritates your partner and using it strategically. We're going to actually talk about that today. Yeah, I know. In a little bit. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be irritating your partner. No. No. That's... Yeah, like, why would you... Why would you do that? Just Especially to, purposely. Yeah. I mean, I think some people inadvertently may irritate their partner. We're going to talk about that, too. Mm-hmm. But purposely to do it? to Out of fun or spite or... Yeah. I mean, that's what happened in my last relationship. Yeah. That's a good quality in an ex-relationship. <laughs> to have yeah right i know don't do that to your partner that's just that's not nice i don't think um so yeah we're gonna be talking about uh, healthy qualities of a truly happy marriage and one thing that we you know we initially of course we always we always try to do we always try to say like what we what we mean and what we don't mean Mm -hmm. we usually say what we don't mean first um so yeah, I mean, what we, what uh, what isn't a truly happy. Well, and I, our definition mm-hmm. is different than a lot. the common definition. Yeah. When you ask somebody in a marriage, mm-hmm. happy or not, are you happily married? And they say yes, and you say why? There's some typical common answers that really don't mean. It's not that they're bad qualities to have in your relationship and i think all of them you should have Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't mean that you're in a happy marriage yeah it doesn't it doesn't make it it you're not necessarily happy just because you have these these qualities right these And, and a lot of these are one thing that a person or a couple will point to. Well, our marriage has this. Yeah. And that alone is not enough. And I, I think even that with one or two others is still not enough. Mm-hmm. But these are some kind of common answers that people tend to associate with happiness, which it doesn't really translate. That's not... You can have this in place in your marriage, and it still doesn't mean it's happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. 
Well, and I think that like, because a lot of people say that, oh, well, I have, we have our own space. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have time apart from each other and that's what makes our marriage work. So we're not killing each other and at each other's throat all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're happy because of that. Yeah. We are the most outspoken people about this topic. Mm-hmm. Out of ten conversations, nine and a half of them, we're on the opposite end of this. Oh, yeah. People don't agree with this. Uh-huh. Um, people are adamant that they need their own life and their own space away from their partner to have a successful marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people only associate that level of success with a marriage. You can't apply that to any other facet of your life. Well, I'm going to be the best at this as long as I just have enough time away from it. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. You're not going to be the best. I can't even think of my brain's fried. You're not going to be the best guitar player if you decide to only practice your guitar on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be the best guitar player if you have to put your guitar in a case and get away from it for a weekend. Mm -hmm. You have to consistently spend time with that guitar. Yeah. You have to consistently practice. And you can't apply that same logic to being a parent even. Mm-hmm. even. Well, I'm a much better parent as long as I have plenty of space away from my children. I know. Yeah. Uh-huh. But people tend to want to apply it to marriage because it's an easy, convenient thing that the majority of the population is completely on board with. Because uh-huh. everybody except us usually agrees with that. Oh, yeah. With that sentiment. Uh-huh. Oh, you have to have your own space to have a successful marriage. Well, yeah. no, you don't. I know. We think it's the absolute complete opposite. If you're telling me that you can't spend all the time in the world with your partner and be successful, think about what that says about your relationship. I know. I know. Well, and even this this past week, um, I saw a, a post on Instagram saying that... Saying that, you know, it's good to have guys, guys night and girls night out. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually commented on it and, and said, this is where we disagree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, it was just a friendly little, little thing. Like, I don't agree with that. And, you know, she was, she was fine with that too. She's like, I understand that some, some couples are actually happy spending all of their time together. She's like, but. Yeah. The happiest of couples. <laughs> but not me and my <laughs> husband. Yeah. And so. But yeah, I mean, it, it is something that we are always mm-hmm. just the... We're the counter-argument with Yeah, that. the minority. And, and we're, we're alone in that argument. Oh, yeah. They're, people aren't... They're people not... Aren't, no, people aren't going to agree yeah, with us. People aren't ever that. like, you know what? That's how me and my husband are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it never happens. Mm-hmm. People are always like, well, you know, we do everything together, but mm-hmm. space is still good. Or there's that exception to the rule mm-hmm. that they tend to follow. Or... We will have couples that say, oh, we're just like that. And then the next weekend, it's it's girls weekend <laughs> yeah. or it's guys trip or it's like, well, no, you're not. Uh-huh. You know? know, you don't yeah. have to say you agree with us just to feel like we have something in common. I know. Yeah, I know. Because it's OK to disagree. Yeah. yeah. We don't have not everyone. We know that <laughs> nobody agrees with that, mm-hmm. with what we say. <clears throat> but and even like <clears throat> people. That's good wine. It is good. This, this whole big ass bottle is going to be gone. It probably is. We people always always say that, um, you know, it's 
it's about sticking it out and accepting for uh, my partner for their faults and stuff like that. Too. Yeah, th- this is another one of those kind of like people try to make it sound like this triumph in their relationship. Mm-hmm. Like what you're really saying is when you say, well, I, I accept my partner for all their faults. Or even if you're the one saying that my partner accepts me and my faults. Mm-hmm. The general sentiment of the message is, I'm not perfect, and my partner accepts me, which is fine. I think that's yeah. that is 100 percent accurate because nobody's perfect, and and that that is a fine thing to say. But that's not necessarily what people mean when they say no, it. No, it means I fucked up, and, or I fuck fucked up consistently. Up, yeah, and she fucked up, and. It's okay, and we accept each other for that. Right. We we accept that, like in my previous relationship, I, mm-hmm. oh, well, I accept that he's an alcoholic and a drug addict, mm-hmm. you know, and that's okay. I still love him. Yeah. You know, and... You're basically just admitting you're too lazy to leave a bad situation. Right, right, uh-huh. Or there weren't any repercussions that should have been had for whatever the negative behavior that was that was brought that into the relationship. Mm-hmm. So people don't really mean how it sounds. I know. Uh, yeah, they don't. Yeah. I know. And even like learning to learning to let things go mm-hmm. and forgiving each other for you know x y and z. It's the same it's the same thing yeah. where I fucked up or he fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, and and once again, we're not we're not saying you shouldn't have that quality. Right. You should be able to forgive your partner if, if it's a forgivable offense mm-hmm. and move on. But you're not allowed to tout that as why you have a happy relationship. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the point of all these. It's not that we're saying these don't exist. It's not that we're saying that you shouldn't be forgiving or you shouldn't accept your partner's faults or any of that. It's That should not be your basis and your go-to rock of why you're in a happy relationship. Yeah, I because know. that doesn't equal happiness. Yeah, why... <laughs> Why would you even bring that up if someone asked you that question? Mm-hmm. You know, like why just because you've been through the struggle together or whatever doesn't mean doesn't equal success or happiness. Mm-hmm. Well, and people tie that into their 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 history with one another. Mm-hmm. And and that that was one of the things I used to point to in my last relationship. Well, we we grew up together because mm-hmm. we got married so young. We we thought that that was this we we've, we've been through it all together. That that was somehow a really good foundational base for a happy marriage when it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And typically it's not. But people point to those things when they can't identify some of the things that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. They Yes, and well, why are you why are you happily married? Mm-hmm. If you think you're happily married, why? Uh-huh. And 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 that's where sometimes people struggle, and they're like, they can't think of a good, easy, simple answer. So, well, I think that I think a, a go to one that mm-hmm. people say is either like, well, you know, they treat me really good, mm-hmm. so, or he's a good fa- father. Well, and, 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 go, and, and even the first piece of that, people tend to compare their last relationship with their current one. And just as long as it's not as shitty as the yeah. last one, they think that that means it's happy. Uh-huh. I know. Yeah. Just well, he treats me really good. Well, just and because it's not as, as bad as the previous mm-hmm. relationship, it doesn't mean that and it's as good e- either. Even that statement of, well, he treats me really good. 
is a completely relative term. Mm -hmm. For some people, he treats me good means he doesn't verbally or physically abuse me. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean they treat you good at all. Which they should not verbally or physically abuse you. Your partner should treat you good. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. That's another one of those what you want a cookie yeah, exactly. type of things. Uh-huh. But it's a very relative term, you know, when 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 you tell me that your husband treats you good, I'm thinking of fifteen things in my head that oh so they they take you out on date night, they surprise you with little little gifts, they rub your feet when they hurt, they do things for you. Almost kind of, I don't want to really want to say subservient, but it's a proactive approach of of doing things for your partner. So when a woman tells me, well, my husband treats me really good, mm-hmm. I'm thinking of these things, and then I'm like, oh, well, like, like here's what I do for my wife. I do this and this and this. Well, well, no, he doesn't do that. Well, what do you do, you know? <laughs> what is it Yeah, you what do? is it that he does <laughs> yeah. that makes him treat you good? And it's like... Well, you know, he doesn't yell at me. He, you know, he helps out around the house here and there. And uh-huh. it's like, okay, well, that doesn't mean he treats you good. Uh-huh. It just means he's doing the... Bare minimum. Yeah, wearing maybe. the bare minimum of flair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, same That's all it is. Yeah. I know. And <clears throat> another thing that that people... That is, I mean, we believe that, yes, you should have this. But it doesn't equal a happy marriage or a successful marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's having having a lot in common. And we we've we even after saying this, we will still include this as a big key component <laughs> yeah. of being happy. Mm-hmm. But it can't be your sole reason. Mm-hmm. I know. It's not well, enough. Because there's plenty of people that have Plenty of couples that have a lot in common that aren't happy, mm-hmm. though, and 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 that's why we that's why we put that in to this. Yeah, because it's it, it's a it's a quick go to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm happy because we we have a we have a ton in common. Mm-hmm. We we have all the same interests. Yeah, uh huh. Or we do everything together. Yeah, and that's another one. Uh-huh. And and that those are two things that we have said, uh-huh. and and I'll continue to say. Yeah. But there has to be more beyond that. Uh huh. Yes. Um, you know, we, we see a lot of, I mean, we talked about it a couple episodes ago, but those are very typical traits of roommates. Mm-hmm. Marriages that are roommates. Now, yeah. you have a ton in common, you do everything together, except intimate moments. Uh-huh. And that, once again, does not equate to happiness. Mm-hmm. I know. So. Yeah. So, yeah, those are, those are the, some of the things that we wanted to just kind of, I don't know, explain that just because you have those doesn't mean that it's necessarily happy. But we do believe that some of those are are important, though, mm-hmm. in a relationship, for well, sure. All that stuff should be in place. Mm-hmm. But like we said, it, 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 can't be, it can't be the basis of your foundation for a happy marriage. Mm-mm. No. But one... But what, what should be mm-hmm. um, foundation or good qualities in your marriage is you both should be each other's number one priority mm-hmm. no matter what with everything yeah above everything and everyone yep and that means everything yes and everyone mm-hmm. including 
your kids. Yes. Including your extended family. Mm -hmm. Your partner in your marriage should be the number one priority. Or let me back up. This isn't what you should do. If your marriage is your number one priority, that's a pretty good sign you have a healthy, (laughs) truly happy relationship. Uh Well, I'm not telling anybody what they should do. I know. Yeah, I guess We do that a lot. And it's, you know, you can either take it or leave it. Uh-huh. You know, pe- people can kind of go round and round on, on, especially when you say something like that. Uh-huh. And that's fine. But if that is a quality of your relationship, congratulations. <laughs> you have... You a, made the list. You, you made the list of a good, <laughs> healthy, happy, truly happy marriage. Yeah, I know. Well, and, and like, when we were when we were trying to come up with with these qualities that that we have on our actual list it was we really were pulling from everything that that we have in our relationship Mm -hmm. and why we believe that we have such a successful marriage successful happy loving marriage Mm -hmm. and uh and so it was it was just you know just trying to identify these Little but big things well, in and, our marriage. And even going to the things that don't mean it are qualities we had in our previous relationships mm-hmm. that we were unhappy in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why we say that the, the don't lists doesn't equal happiness because it didn't for us. Mm-hmm. Um, are they all keys to what we do now? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. But these are the things that really kind of set it aside. And, and having your partner in your marriage as number one priority... Is, is a definitive statement that, you know, we, we did, we think we, we did an episode that said above all else, your marriage. Yeah. Uh-huh, your and, relationship. And it's, it's a very literal term. It is. It should be unwavering. Anything that you do, any decision you make, any time you spend, any efforts you make on anything, there should be at least in the back of your mind, could this negatively impact my relationship? If the answer is yes, then you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's something people don't want to hear. People don't want to hear that, especially, especially a lot of parents don't want to hear that their spouse and relationship should come before their kids. Mm-hmm. I and, would say mothers more than fathers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Way more. Mm-hmm. But they don't want to hear that. No. Um, well, I think that men want to, to hear that. Mm-hmm. So men want to hear their wife say so that. So they could tell their wife, see, right. this is the, you know, you need to put us before the kids or whatever. And wives, they're just, they're not having it. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, my kids are first. Yep. Yeah, and it's but, not its not that you shouldn't pay attention to your kids. It's not that you shouldn't be involved with your children. It should, it's not that they shouldn't be a priority. No, it's showing your children, though, a good example of a yeah. healthy, happy marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's what you should want. You should want your children to see that. And you should want your children to to grow up knowing how a good happy marriage looks like so then they can find their you know perfect partner too mm-hmm. um but so <laughs> with with us being our number one priority we we also we love to, we just show each other affection all the time mm-hmm. And affection is is huge. 
in, in our relationship. And, you know, knowing that your partner is, is affectionate with you and, and just wants, wants to touch you, wants you, wants you to, to hug you, wants to kiss you, mm-hmm. all those little things. Like it feels good. Well, and I, I often wonder why so many ineffectionate people end up married to affectionate people. Yeah, that is weird, huh? Like, wouldn't you want somebody that just wanted to be hands off? Yeah. I mean, because you, you had to have known through... I mean, and I often wonder, like, well, were you pretending to be affectionate? Uh-huh. And, and the same question goes for the flip side. Why, why would you, you know, Miss or Mr. Affectionate want to be with someone that's ineffectionate? Mm-hmm. Now, I was in that relationship, but I'm, I'm only affectionate with, me. with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not with other people. Um, but I... It's not just that I'm affectionate with you. I want you to be affectionate with me. Yeah. And I don't think there's an affectionate person out there that, even if they're a, a closet affectionist, I don't even know if that's a thing, <laughs> you know? Or, but even, or, if, even if you just have that affection for one person, uh-huh. I, I just... I, oh, you would think that, this, they, that everybody should have that affection... For one person. At least for the partner. Yeah, yeah. Right. And even if you're not an, an affectionate person, you... I should know. still naturally show affection to your partner. It, it's, and if it's not natural and it you're forced... It would be sad. I think that would be really sad to... Yeah, but there's a lot of them out there. I know. There's a lot of people that are just inaffectionate. And once again, I think most people would probably look at me on the surface and say, well, he's very inaffectionate, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's what I want them to think. Uh-huh. As long as... You know the truth. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are just inaffectionate, period. They're, they're not mm-hmm. affectionate with their partner. And they're sure shit not affectionate with anybody else. But their partner... Should those people, like... They need to be with other inaffectionate people. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Or not be... Or be single. Or, uh-huh, <laughs> or anything to begin with. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because I think they would end up giving, especially an affectionate person, just giving them... Mixed signals, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I don't know. It would be it would be frustrating mm-hmm. to be with somebody like that. I mean, you well, know it firsthand. And and I think you, I, I don't remember ever like dwelling on it. It uh-huh. just it was just kind of oh, this is just how it is. Uh-huh. And I think I thought that that's how marriage was a marriage was and when i would see people that weren't like that i thought they were weird instead of that what we had was weird uh-huh. i thought that uh, keep the keep the pda hand holding in pda in the bedroom yeah you know and it, there was it didn't even have to be anything that you know kissing your partner when you stand up from the dinner table to go wash your hands or go to the bathroom is is not overly affectionate and it's not pda but when you aren't getting that affection and you like see it. somebody else, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah. Calm down, you know? Uh-huh. And it's like, well, there's nothing. To, for our affection, we're not overly in overly this PDA, PDA realm. Yeah, I know. But I, I could see other people that aren't affectionate seeing simple gestures that we do with one another, like, yeah, get a room. Yeah. And it's not even that bad. No, it's not. Know? I know. And I like seeing other couples you know, being affectionate with each other. Mm-hmm. I think that it's really sweet and 
it's it's nice i guess it's like re- refreshing to to see people that that have that together when i see people that are <clears throat> affectionate i i automatically just assume they probably have a healthy sex life yeah i know because you can't fake that mm-hmm. you can't Fake, I think you could try to force affection. Yeah, that's not good. But when I see people that aren't affectionate, I, I assume the exact opposite. Uh-huh. I assume, oh, they don't, they don't have sex very often. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's and true. I'm probably right. Yeah, you probably are. I've never asked. I've never been like, hey, I've never seen you two ever kiss at all. <laughs> I bet you guys aren't really on the, the whole fucking thing very much, are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And I, I never will. But I, I just I assume know. that. Uh-huh. Well, I know, and, and speaking of the, the whole fucking thing, <laughs> but no, not not just not just that, but passion, having, you know, regular passion in your passionate sex, you know, passion regular and satisfying sex. Yeah, and well, and I mean, and having having passion for one another is is huge, and it's it's different than affection. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, passion is that, is, is kind of, I, I kind of look at it as like the, the starter motor for your sexual attraction to one another uh, of what that looks like. And if there's no passion there, it's pretty hard to get that whole thing going. Yeah, I know. And and once again, that should be something that comes naturally. You're like, <laughs> I just picture like a lawnmower and you know, you have to press the little... <laughs> yeah, if you had if you had to describe... Your sexual encounters with your partner, would it be an old school lawnmower with a yank chain that you have to get starter fluid and let it sit for a few times? You only pull on the cord two or three times before you flood it. Or does it have pull the handle, easy quick start, and it starts up every time? (laughs) Hopefully it's easy quick start, and that's the level of passion in your relationship. (laughs) Otherwise, you got to yank on that chain multiple times to get it going. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Maybe there's just not enough gas in the tank. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean... Uh, having regular good sex is super important we think in a relationship you think people have regular bad sex i think that people just have have irregular sex irregular irregular bad sex yeah probably they because i don't know if people are having good sex i I couldn't I, i just couldn't imagine if and and it's hard to get a guy's perspective on this because guys look at sex like pizza. Even the worst pizza on the planet, you're still going to eat it because it's pizza. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard to ask a guy, are you guys having good sex? Because the guy is like, oh, yeah, all sex is good. Mm-hmm. They, I don't think guys would be like, oh, it was bad sex. Yeah. I mean, I think guys would be like, she was a bad lay, but it really kind of has to do with how she is as a person or what she looks like. Well, no, I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, if if she's, like, a dead ass or dead, like, won't move or anything. No sounds and just staring through your soul or something. (laughs) Yeah. It's just uncomfortable. Okay. So they'll notice that. that, Yeah, that is bad sex if the woman isn't But they won't marry that person. Hopefully. Hopefully not. I hope to God you didn't do that. Oh, gosh, I know. But when you're talking about their partner... I, I think, especially the more irregular and the more the, the sex drought happens, mm-hmm. if you go from, you know, sex a few times a week to sex once a week, that once a week still seems hot. If it goes to once a month, it still seems hot. And it may even seem hotter because you're just not getting it as much. Uh-huh. But it's actually not good. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you're like, oh, when we do have sex, it's great. 
but her perspective may be the complete 180. And that's why you're not having it. Enough sex. Enough. Yeah. Because she's like, oh, it's, you know, it was bad enough having shitty sex three times a week. I tried to cut it back to at least only got to have bad sex once a month, Gosh. you know, or whatever it is. And, yeah. And that's a conversation you guys need to have. It would probably be very tough and uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Oh, um, I know. I know. But that's another thing that that you need to have in a a, a good relationship or a good marriage is communication open communication like that like being able to to talk to each other about that but like when the sex is on point and you have that open communication you're able to express everything that you that you want and need in sex too Mm -hmm. but i don't know communication is but it's not just i mean if, if you say We've talked about it on here before. People always think they're really good at communication. Mm -hmm. This is specifically communication without fear of repercussion. Yes. Yeah, I know. Well, because, and that's the thing with with the sex thing is if you are, if you're feeling like, you know, you can't talk to your partner about it and you get embarrassed or something, you know? You get embarrassed right. to talk to them about, you know, what you want in bed and and all this. Well, you that's where the Yeah, sure. That's where the communication with no repercussion. You, yeah, it should be that comes in play like with with that. That comforting that comfortable level of communication. Uh-huh. But yeah, and I think that's where it comes in with the sex. But even beyond that, no, I know. Yeah, it is beyond the. That. I I apply the the without repercussion to those tougher conversations. Mm-hmm. One of the things I went through in my previous relationship was it just felt like I was always walking on eggshells to the point that I just quit communicating because I had been burned every time I would open my mouth to try to communicate, even in a in what I perceived as a, an effective way, not in the middle of a fight, not yelling, not screaming, calm and controlled. Hey, let's talk about this. I couldn't even do that mm-hmm. because there would be repercussions uh, of what I brought up. Mm-hmm. And the the wrath that I would feel for even bringing it up was not worth bringing it up in the first place. So that made me stop communicating effectively or attempting to communicate, period. Mm-hmm. And so you you have to, I mean, a a really good sign is you can talk to your partner about anything. Mm -hmm. You you can sit down, you can talk to your partner about, um, you know, tough things that typical couples and the majority of couples will fight about. Mm -hmm. You can talk about, you know, what what you guys need to do as a unit and as a family and as a couple to to buckle down and and accomplish whatever. Mm -hmm. You can talk to your partner without repercussions about what someone that is very close to them is doing that you don't agree with without fear of them thinking that they've got to make a decision and choose that person over you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, and, and that's one of the things where true open and non-repercussion communication just comes into play where you can literally talk to your partner about any topic at all mm-hmm. without having to beat around the bush and figure out the right time to bring it up yeah. and walk on eggshells and, 
you know, you're all nervous and you're thinking about it all day. We've got to talk about this and I'm so scared that she's going to get mad at me or whatever it is Mm -hmm. because that's what I went through and it's absolutely miserable. Mm -hmm. And you'll only attempt it so many times before you're like, fuck it. It's not even worth, I will just continue to be miserable in whatever happens because it's not worth the fight we're going to get into if I even bring this up. Yeah. Um, And so people that aren't in a relationship where you don't have to worry about probably don't even know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's good. And it does exist. It's not this mythical creature. Uh-huh. You know, you're just with the wrong psycho creature right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I mean, being able to to feel, to feel comfortable enough to talk about anything is just well, it's super important. The biggest underlying factor of that is respect for your partner. Uh-huh. And, and it's hard for me to even come up with even an example or a scenario because I don't think I have I have said some I mean if anybody listening thinks I say some offensive things on here <laughs> it's nothing compared to I, I actually hold back on this but the stuff I've said to you oh gosh I know n- know what you know I nobody would ever want that repeated no. But I don't have to worry about you judging me. No, not at all. On on what I've said, or no. you even getting mad about it. No, I may be like Seth. Really? Right. That's okay. That's a little mean, or that's a little harsh. Right. And really? and, and I and always I, say, yeah, but I wouldn't say it to anybody else. I'm I just know. telling you. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> but yeah, but you don't have to if have the fear of me getting on to you like mm-hmm. super hard about it or anything like that. No. It's just, it's a conversation that we mm-hmm. have, and it's it's just easy. Yeah. <laughs> Effortless. Yeah. But um, like, I like how you said the, the respect thing, though, mm-hmm. too. Because respecting your partner is, is huge. And respecting your partner enough to, to not talk down to them... Or about them to anybody. Yep. I think that that's that's one thing that you know I would see when I was when I was working is you know women talking shit about their partners mm-hmm. at work, and I I never talked bad about you. So let me ask. But a question. I, I and and that's the thing is I talked shit about my previous partner right to everybody. But I think that one of the questions that people would have is if I have something, and I think the point of, of why you're saying this is you didn't have anything to complain about. Right. Uh-huh. It wasn't this conscious effort to, oh my gosh, my husband drives me nuts, but it's disrespectful to complain about that. Uh-huh. That's not what it was. It was, I wasn't a dumbass guy like all of their boyfriends and husbands were. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have anything to vent about I know. like they did. Yeah, that's very true. So what would the recommendation be for those girls? Even if they have the issues, don't talk about it? Talk about it to your partner. Okay. Yeah. Openly communicate with them mm-hmm. and express your feelings to them yeah. about what they're doing. Don't mm-hmm. You don't have to... To go to someone else to... I mean, we, we talked about fighting and all that last week. And and uh, 
and how how I said you know people vent, right? Vent to to vent or whatever, and um, but yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't talk negative about your partner. Period. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it, it it's not just the the simple aspect of being respectful for your partner, but what that says about your relationship. And you can sit there all day and say you don't care what other people think. But what that says about your relationship, I mean, it's it's uncomfortable for, you know, when, when a coworker consistently talks bad about their husband and then he comes in, <laughs> nobody's thinking any positive thoughts no. about him at all. Mm-mm. And we've, I think we've kind of hit on this too, but if you're the one constantly complaining about your partner, while your initial intent may be to vent and make your partner look like a dumbass, the more you complain, the bigger of a dumbass you, you look, look like, like for staying in that relationship. Yep, exactly. I know. And I think that it slowly starts to backfire on them. Mm-hmm. Because you just, you know, if you're constantly complaining about what your partner does wrong or can't do right or how they treat you or, or what they forget or what, you know, whatever it is, you look like a dumbass. And that was one of the things I consciously never complained about my ex-wife mm-hmm. because I knew I would look like a a doormat, you know, whipped little boy mm-hmm. that was dominated by, you know, this bitchy woman. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want people to see me in that light. So I never complained openly yeah. to anybody about what she did. I chose what I complained about. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't complain about his drug addiction and all that, which, cause I knew that that would make me look like a right. weak person that mm-hmm. was putting up with a person that I shouldn't be putting up with, right. you know, but, and but I think that's what people do. Some people don't even have enough common sense for that though. I, I mean, there's people that are openly proud of what a loser and dead end guy they have in their life. Gosh. You know, yeah. Oh, here's my, here's my convict boyfriend. Uh-huh. I'm so proud. Ugh. I mean, people don't have enough common sense to even be embarrassed about yeah. the type of person they're with. I know. So you at least had the common sense <laughs> yeah, yeah, to be like, I don't want everybody to really know what he's like. I'm uh-huh. just going to complain about some of these dumbass things he does, not the really bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So at least you had a level of common sense that some <laughs> I, of these girls don't have. I guess have. so, I guess. Yeah. Like, if anything, really, I, I, I knew that I should have gotten out of that relationship a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know, in the back of, back of your head. But I think that, I don't know, I think women usually, usually, women figure that stuff out more early on than guys do, it seems like. Or maybe not early on, but more, more, I don't know, never mind. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm I'm thinking of people that haven't, (laughs) I don't think that's a true statement. (laughs) Never mind, I'm I'm completely wrong there. Um, But, uh... Another thing is that we, people, people don't put the past in the past. And that's one thing that you should do mm-hmm. is you shouldn't bring up old shit. You shouldn't bring up stuff that you guys, I don't know, got into a fight about early yeah. on in your relationship or, or again, <clears throat> one of those ones where if you. If there was infidelity that they cheated and you chose to forgive them, you should not. It's over. Yeah. Don't yeah. bring it up if you forgive them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, we, we, we've hit, we hit on that last week as well. Mm-hmm. But 
it, it, it still kind of reminds me of a very early episode we talked about with the scorekeeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody that's keeping score of the bad things or negative things that their partner has done um, just to be able to use them against them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the signs of a truly happy couple, I think, is is the first part of that is those bad things didn't occur in the first place. Yeah. But if they did, it truly is the past is the past. It's it's washed away. It's not there anymore. And it's not something that is held for resentment or you bring up as a point of contention or, or anything like that at all. You don't leverage that to get your way. Um, you know, it really is a sign of a happy, healthy relationship when you're constantly looking forward. Mm-hmm. And... You want to remember what got you to where you are, but you don't want to dwell on that to the point that it's keeping you as a couple or even as an individual from moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that's what you tend to see people do. Just they can't get over certain behaviors, certain incidents that have happened or anything to just move past it. Mm -hmm. You know, they they remember that, that one fight or they remember that one comment or they remember that that one incident, and, and I'm not even talking about something major. Mm-hmm. I'm just talking in general. And because of that, it's s- stopping their progression and growth as a couple. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't, I, you've got to let that stuff go. Yeah. I mean, I think that that one is, it's kind of easy for us to say because we haven't had any any bad past experiences that we brought on uh-huh yeah but i don't know i mean if if we did it would mm-hmm. we would move forward <laughs> yeah well and, and a lot of i think a lot of the hindrance to moving forward is is the person's perspective i mean i i've said it on here that my my ex and i something would happen i would remember it very specifically a certain way and she would remember it very specifically a different way mm-hmm and I wasn't the one holding on to it. I just remembered remembered it the way that I wanted to remember it as a means of defense when she brought it up. Mm-hmm. She was the one that couldn't let go of it. I never brought it up as, as a point of argument or as a scorekeeper to throw in her face. I just would remember exactly what happened so I could point out specific details to try to show her that she's wrong <laughs> when she decided inevitably to bring it up and attack me for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so I think that when you hold on to it that way, it, it's going to just completely stop that, that growth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I know. Well, and you you have like a really good memory anyway mm-hmm. to where you would remember all of the freaking details oh, <laughs> of yeah. something. So I can... I but she would imagine. just flat out tell me I was wrong. Yeah. And it was it was the most frustrating thing cuz when there there's a difference between thinking you're right and knowing you're right. Mm-hmm. And I know I I joke on here a lot about, <laughs> "Oh, I know I'm right." But there there would be when I was kind of fuzzy about it. And you and I've had the I'm like, "Really?" And if if I say that, then that means I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But if I say no, this and I specifically <laughs> yeah. then I know I'm right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I'm okay to be like, "Well, maybe I don't remember that." Uh-huh. But when I know I can remember A, B, C, D, E, F, and G about yeah. the incident and somebody only remembers like A, uh-huh. my recounting of the story is definitely more accurate than theirs. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, my mom was the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like, 
She and and my mom, she would be like adamant, like, no, yeah. I am right. I know I'm right. Yeah. You know? And I think that that's probably how you it is. How you were. Because you 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 remember it so vividly. Mm-hmm. And and when you know you can remember the place, the time, the limit, because you can see the entire, it's not fuzzy at all. Uh-huh. You're, it's like turning on a high definition TV and looking at a photograph or a still, and you can see every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And the person you're arguing with has already got the color of this person's shirt wrong, and they can't. <laughs> and so you're like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I remember every bit of this detail. And so uh-huh. for someone that does remember it that way, it is very frustrating to try to recall incidents. And I, uh-huh. I, I get into that with with friends and stuff. When I'm like, oh, do you remember when we went to did this? And they're like, no, we didn't do this. And I'm like, yes, we did, because you were wearing this. I remember we rode in this car. <laughs> we stopped here to get gas. You remember? Because you spilt this. And I have to point out, like, very stupid aspects Details. for them to be like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah. But they don't remember all of those little, at the time, insignificant details, but all of that insignificant shit gets stored in my brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I have to pull all that insignificant uh-huh. shit out to try to prove my point. Uh-huh. And most people, once you do that, they're like, oh, yeah, you're right. But mm-hmm. my ex was oh, was yeah. just, she just would not concede at all. Well, she was, pro- she probably was like, gosh, you, you know, that's so irritating that you do that. Why do you do that? Do you remember every little detail? Yeah, you yeah. remember every little detail. That's so annoying. So that... it just became disagreeing out of spite. Yeah, and so <laughs> and, and that's another thing is is people getting on each other's nerves. Mm. And that's one thing. If you don't get on your partner's nerves, that's a good sign. Yeah. That's a really good sign. But I think this is another one like uh like the time apart thing that mm-hmm. we we are the minority mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. On this, because the majority of you out there are completely okay with being like, yep, I hate how my partner does this, this, that, and the other, and you think that that's okay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's wrong, uh-huh. but when I say there's nothing that my partner does that gets on my nerves, <laughs> I don't mind the way she breathes. Yeah. It doesn't bother me the way she chews gum. Uh-huh. I don't care about the way she steps one foot in front of the other. <laughs> that tends to mean because I'm not irritated with everything or even anything that she does, chances are, it doesn't take a fucking scientist to tell you this, chances are I'm much more happier. Yeah. Because I'm not irritated at everything my partner does. Mm-hmm. And so for you to sit there and say, well, everybody gets irritated at their partner, then you're not truly happy. Mm-hmm. If you spend the majority of your time with your partner irritated at the way they read a book or the way that they click the remote or the way that they inhale and exhale or the way that they put their shoes on or hang the towel up or don't put the sponge in the bathtub right or put their toothpaste in the wrong cup or the 500 other stupid ass pet fucking peeves you want to point out about your partner you aren't happy (laughs) yeah that would be miserable to have everything your partner does get on your nerves i know i could not live like that yeah but so many people out there can list, here's 10 things right off the top of my head that my partner does that drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. 
You're not fucking happy. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, well, if I, I could know. list ten things I hated about my job, I would quit. Yeah. If I could list five things I hated about my job, I would quit. Uh-huh. So some of these people have this list of ten, fifteen, twenty-five things. I mean, that one dumbass couple had to do two fucking episodes on this because they hated so much about each other. I know. Yeah. I mean, you you are not happy Mm-mm. if you hate that much about what your other what your better half does. Yeah. I mean, that's not a better half at all. No. <laughs> no. Your list of what they do that you like is... If the list of what they do that doesn't get on nerves is much less, you're unhappy. Uh-huh. Flat out, you're unhappy. I know. Yeah, and, and it is a big thing that people... People are probably rolling their eyes uh, with us talking about yeah. this because... They're like, there's no way that they don't get on each other's nerves in some way. I'm sure your partner gets really irritated the way you roll your dumbass eyes, too. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. Right. I know. But I don't know. It's just, you really can find someone, though, that you don't get on each other's nerves. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I even know, I do know... That there's even some best friends that get on each other's nerves too, you know. That well, aren't I, I, I've said it on here. Everybody in my life does something that gets on my nerves, except you. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. not a ass kissing thing to say, and that's not me trying to be chivalrous <laughs> at all. That's just me being honest. Yeah. Um, I, I have a tolerance level for people in my life that I can only do certain things with, or spend a certain amount of time with, or be exposed to their their ways and habits only so long. It's pretty low tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> Except for you. Except me. And I I there's just But no, nothing. but you don't have to tolerate. You don't have to like yeah, tolerate. It's not like do. she does things that gets on my nerves, I just don't bring it up. Yeah. It, it's literally there's just nothing. I mean you don't you don't snore. You don't you don't do things I'm not like, oh my gosh, you're a pig. You didn't do this or or it a, the little things don't bother me mm-hmm. that I think a lot of people get bothered with. Mm-hmm. Um, B, you don't do those little things anyway. Mm-hmm. So even if they did bother me, I wouldn't be mad because you don't do them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so when, whenever they just aren't there and there's nothing that that really creates that irritation... You are naturally going to be happier because none of your time with your partner is spent being irritated. Yeah. So I guess I kind of get why people are like, we have to get time apart because you are irritated at your partner too much that you just can't spend time with them. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, and that's, I don't, that's not happiness. If you have to seek it. happiness by being away from your partner, then your marriage doesn't have true happiness in it. I know. It just doesn't. And I, I don't. I know people get offended by hearing that because mm-hmm. everybody wants to be told that they have a happy, great relationship. And you don't. Mm-hmm. Most people don't. The majority of people don't. I mean, that's one thing that we could scream from the rooftops. That's what it would be, is mm-hmm. the majority of you don't have truly happy marriages. Yeah. You have marriages. You have partnerships. You have happy moments. You probably have more happy moments than bad moments. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not this level of of, you know, consistence, of happiness every day, of happiness in every moment, or finding the joy in everything that you two do together. Mm -hmm. Because if you're so focused on 
the negatives and the irritations and all that stuff, that's going to take away from the true level of happiness. Yeah. It, just naturally. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't know what to really add to that because, I mean, you're freaking dead on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, another thing is to... the that we do is, you know, we support each other through everything. We are, we're our biggest fans, you know, each other. Mm -hmm. And we support each other through everything. And not only, so like, you know, we were able to to grow together and support each other that way. Mm -hmm. And then we are also our... What was I gonna? I was gonna say we're our biggest cheerleaders. Yeah, well, we're our biggest cheerleaders, but we also support each other in our individual successes right. too and achievements. Yeah, and I think that the you know as we talk about you know everything of, of you know a marriage being a unit and really being a cohesive team, it sounds a bit odd when you start saying something about individual. individual. But the thing that happy, healthy truly happy, healthy relationships do is you, you have kind of a, a couple's goal and vision for what you guys want to accomplish. And it's not that you... Accomplish sh- together. Yeah, accomplish uh-huh. together and to accomplish as a, as, as a unit. And you still have career things that are separate from your partner. You still have aspirations and goals that may be separate from your partner that are personal. But in a truly happy, supportive relationship you understand that your partner's successes are your successes. Mm-hmm. It's not a competition. No. And it's not this resentment level with the goals, with the support. Um, I saw I saw somebody post the other day that I can't remember what he said. And he said, if you want to see how much your partner supports you, Try quitting a high-paying job to pursue your dream. Oh, yeah. I don't agree with that statement mm-hmm. because I wouldn't jeopardize our future relationship, way of life, quality of life, to chase an unrealistic dream. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't... and I, I, agree, with, I, I agree with the statement. Mm-hmm. But I think there has to be context behind it because you can't have a family, a partner, and a marriage and a a life that depends on your contribution and just throw it all away to chase something that you didn't chase when you were 18 years old and now you're 40. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to be realistic about it. You have to be realistic about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm a full believer that it's never too late to change. I just Mm -hmm. don't have faith that people will change. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think that your individual goal and your individual successes still have to have a direct contribution to your relationship. And even though you you have an individual success, and even if you want to go career-wise and you you get a promotion, well, that promotion benefits both of you. you. Mm -hmm. If you want to take on something new and, and, and learn a new skill, is it... 
is it contributing or is it distracting from your relationship? And I think that that's one of the things that people need to see Mm -hmm. because a lot of people want blind support with, I'm going to make a horrible decision right now and I'm going to throw away my career. I'm going to throw away what we have financially and monetarily because I want to go try this because I never had the balls to do it. And right now I want to try it and I need you to support me. Mm -hmm. If it, isn't good sense to do that i would support the partner that's like time out you can't do that right now mm-hmm. so i understand that that realistic perspective to it um but people really kind of want kind of carte blanche with that statement that you should support me no matter what i do mm-hmm. i mean i wouldn't leave my job right now to go chase a dream of you know trying out for a baseball team or something like that. I mean, it would be stupid for me to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that there has to actually be a decent plan in place Mm -hmm. for you to chase that dream that you have. Yeah, I know. Like, your partner can believe in you all they want, but you should have a good plan in place to, in order to to be able to chase that dream. Not, Not just... Chase it blindly. And I think people have some great ideas for things that they can do Mm -hmm. and make a fortune off of Mm -hmm. and go for it. And those aren't the ones I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm talking about these really high-risk, low-reward type of dreams that people want to chase. I know. Well, I mean, I dealt dealt with a, a dream chaser, you know, in my previous relationship with being with a DJ. Mm hmm and you know he was i supported him all the way to to chase that dream and we were young so it's like mm-hmm. you can do it but he still kept his job right you know we still had bills to pay and and everything else he, he didn't he wasn't gonna go full force into it and quit everything and then just travel the world and just dj do you think if you had made more money he would have i don't know no, no, I'm just curious. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't, I think that, one, you need to be, you do need to be your partner's biggest supporter, but it needs to be within reason for mm-hmm. the other person trying to right. accept support, too. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that some of that, you know, there's there's just multiple things that need to be taken into consideration whenever you're going to do things like that. And that's where communication without repercussion comes in mm-hmm. with, you know, I, I, I'm i really interested in trying to pursue this. I think I could do a good job. And if your partner has doubts, they should be fully comfortable saying, well, here's what I'm concerned about. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk about, you know, maybe we look at this part time for right now. So we're not just flat on our ass or what's a timeline look like. Yeah. Let's try to chase this six months from now. Let's double up on our house payments for the next year. Or, or You need to have a plan. Yes. It can't just be something you do on a whim. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because you're selfish when you do something like that. You're yeah. making a completely selfish decision without your partner's feelings of the consequences that's going to have on your partner and your lifestyle by doing it on a whim. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know that there's so many people that are not planners. Mm-hmm. And they will just do things on a whim because that's just how they live. You know, and yeah. sorry, like, hate to break it to you, but you need to, you need to have plans. Mm-hmm. You need to, you need to have your shit in order yeah. to get somewhere. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, we we also were talking about, you know, with your partner, if there is bad times, not in your relationship, just bad times that you're going through or whatever, mm-hmm. that they make those bad times better. Yeah, I think that you would hope this for every relationship. And unfortunately, you you tend to not see it as often as you would like. When your partner is going through a bad time, whether it's grief, loss, um, a challenge, career issues. Sorry, I had to get a refill. (laughs) Um, Any of that stuff right there that can be a challenge or or be considered as as quote-unquote bad times, does your partner make getting through that easier? Or are they bringing more added pain and sorrow and misery to that? Mm -hmm. I know. Because that's something you you need to look at and evaluate and understand. Yeah. Did you pour yourself more than me? No, here. Here, I'll pour you more if you want. <laughs> so I th- I think you you have to look at those you know wh- when you've had those those bad things happen in your life you know like you said you know not contributed by your partner of course that's not a sign of a happy relationship no. but when it happens were were they actually helpful did they help ease the pain and get you through it and make your life easier or were they just another stressor or somebody you had to deal with mm-hmm. you I know? know it may not be they added to it by directly causing pain but indirectly because they're helpless or lazy yes exactly or or whatever that the the issue you were going through was actually amplified because you weren't getting the support that you just talked about mm-hmm. and the the common courtesy and help and what attention whatever it is and your partner just wasn't providing that mm-hmm. i know well and i think that i think a lot of women would would go through that because they feel like they're, you know, raising another child mm-hmm. type thing. And the they, you know, they have to they have to do everything and they have to cook and clean and and still, you know, run the household mm-hmm. while their helpless husband Yeah. You know, when when the wife is going through something awful and traumatic and upsetting and she's supposed to to deal with all of that you know on her own on top of everything else is this something as simple as because you see it on social media all the time of the memes of when my husband has a cold and he's laying on the couch Mm. watching tv and then when i have a cold and it's the woman taking the kids to school packing lunches and all that Mm -hmm. Because even those simple things right there, if that's your pattern, you're not happy. No. No way. And that should not be acceptable partnership within a relationship. No, it shouldn't. Whether you're the guy or the girl Mm -hmm. doing that to your partner, you know, making them pack you lunches and and do everything around the house, you're you're not helping each other. And, And I do feel for the... For the women that are going through that. But I don't know. It, I guess like to be able to to get your partner to step up to the plate and, mm-hmm. and do something. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they make the they do make the bad times. You made my bad times better, right? In you know what everything that I had to go through with my mom, right? Um. But um. But yeah, and and like they like you said, they are your. You were my stress relief. <laughs> Not the stress or... Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You didn't stress me out. You didn't... You know, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, like, come on, you can't freaking do anything. Yep. Well, I, that, that kind of goes hand in hand with, with what we just talked about. But looking at... If, if you have to identify the top five stressors in your life, your partner should not be in the top... 100. They shouldn't no. make the list at all. Uh-uh. So if, if you're asked that question, is what, what are some of the most stressors in your life and your partner's one of them, you're not happy. Mm-mm. Because couples in truly happy relationships, that's it, it's not even in the same realm that you would ever be a stressor with what anything I was going through mm-hmm. at all. Um, and that's pretty sad that most people can't say that. That well, well, one and there's plenty of people that say, well, the biggest stressor in my life is my partner. Well, that's what I was I was just gonna say is, in my previous relationship, he was he was my biggest stressor. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could deal with with shitty patients and stuff at work and and everything. Shitty coworkers. Yeah, shitty coworkers, everything, and he was still. He still took the cake with yeah. all of it. When you get, and, and this is where, and this is why we, we kind of tie in and why we're not advocates for um, guys' night, girls' night. Because of stuff like this, when you're happy, and I think I said this on, on, on one of those episodes about that, but when your happiest moments are away from your partner, that says so much about your relationship. Mm-hmm. That if you have to seek happiness and satisfaction and quality time with people and real connection and your partner's not involved with that Mm -hmm. that says so much about the level of happiness within your own relationship and i think that we're, we're big advocates for the not not guys and not girls night out because we don't need them and i think it's even more sad that people do need them because that's the only way they can actually have some true experiences with real happiness is away from their partner. That, I mean, I can't, even with, with the way I travel for work and where I go, anywhere I go that you've never been with me, mm-hmm. I hate that. <laughs> because I, I just keep thinking, God, I wish you would have came with me on this. And well, anywhere... But even though, like, even, even places that I have Well, that's what I was been. about to say yeah. next. Even <laughs> when I go back to somewhere you went with me, I don't want to be there because I'm like, man, we had such a good time last time. Uh-huh. Um, and, and most people just don't feel that way. They want new experiences, new feelings, and new memories away from their partner. Yeah. And so it, it's not necessarily, I think we're just kind of against the principle of why people do it mm-hmm. in the first place. But yeah. the, the stressor thing is, is, is one of those things where if you have to seek stress release away from your partner because your partner is the stressor, you're on the unhappily married list. Mm -hmm. You just are. Because people that are truly happily married don't have to seek those things out. I'm not saying that those things won't come up and you're going to have 
situations or events or incidents where you're going to participate in things away from your partner. That would be unrealistic to say that Mm -hmm. truly happy couples don't do that. Mm -hmm. But you don't actively seek them out as a way to get relief from the stress that your partner is causing on you. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, and because like... uh... We we were we were listening to another podcast and and they they brought up you know the you know you go to work and you know Monday through Friday nine to five or whatever and and but then you come home and you're just like ugh I don't want to be around you be around you mm-hmm. and I I was just thinking like that's really sad. Achoo. To, to not you know to be a, to be away from your partner for eight hours a day, and come home, and be with them you know for another what, four hours or something before you go to bed or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and to be unhappy with your partner for those four hours because they get on your nerves yeah, or they stress you out. You know, everything that they do stresses you out, so you just can't stand them. If going to work is a bigger stress relief than being at home with your partner, that's a huge sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, what I was going to say is you'll see a lot of couples, and, and I'll say women because I don't think I've seen men do it. You'll see a lot of women hide behind getting away from their children as the reason they need the break when they really want to get away from their partner. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the kids. But they don't have the guts to say, you drive me nuts, I don't want to be around you. It's, I need you to take the kids. Because if they wanted to spend time with their husband, they would say, I'm going to get a babysitter, and the two of us are going to go do something this weekend. Mm-hmm. Far too often you see, the kids are your responsibility, I don't want to be anywhere near any of you, I'm going to go do this. Yeah, I know. And and so you kind of see that that dynamic play out as well. I know. I mean, I, I don't know. I've talked to guys, and it, it used to be a trait that I would see in older gentlemen. So I remember that one guy told me one day that yeah, I I can mow my lawn in about thirty minutes, but I spend about four hours out of here because yeah. that's four hours less I got to sit inside with my wife. Uh-huh. I know. And they say it jokingly, like, "Oh, that's funny, ha ha ha," but there's people that actively plan their schedules of when they do things or how little time they spend with their partner because they want to avoid their partner. Why and their not? partner has no idea Yeah, that that's what they're doing. There, Well, there's this older gentleman that goes to our gym that he is married and he spends hours and hours and hours, I mean, like... Doing really nothing. Literally, like, half the day. Yeah. Maybe... Like six hours at the gym, just kind of putting around. Yeah, and just because he doesn't want to go home, mm-hmm. you know, if you're if you're not wanting to go home because your wife is stressing you out or your husband is stressing you out, or you take the long route to to get home to get a few more minutes in the car by yourself, yeah, and, or you know, stop at the grocery store. Unless and, you're listening to the podcast, then that's okay. <laughs> you got to finish it. You need to take an extra long way home. Have at it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, those little things, though, that you you don't want to spend those extra minutes with your partner because you know that 
something's going to come up. Like, like Mm -hmm. you said, how you would walk on eggshells. Right. You know, I'm surprised that you didn't spend more time away Mm -hmm. from, from the house or from her because you didn't want to. She spent enough time away for both of us. So yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) You know, I, I think back to like my travel stuff and how I had, I had a boss that would always be like, why do you book your travel to get back home as soon as we're done? Mm-hmm. And the only reason I did that was to get back home to you. Mm-hmm. When you came with me, I didn't mind staying an extra day. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, that's how it is. But if, if, if I had a meeting that was over at 10, you damn right, I'm on that 1130 flight back. And yeah. he would get so mad because he's uh-huh. like, I'm taking the 10 o'clock flight out tonight. Uh-huh. Well, that's on you. I want to get home to my wife. I'm not trying to avoid anybody. Yeah. You know? know. I'm not trying to... If I can literally just turn this into a, a 16-hour trip versus a 28-hour trip, I'm going to do that. Well, it was more doable when we were living in Denver, yeah, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, yeah. Because now it is for sure another night. Because <laughs> he used to drive him nuts. He'd yeah. be like, when are you flying back? And I'd be like, oh, at this time. He's like, we don't have time to do that. I'm like, well, we don't have to do that stuff. I'm getting back home. I'm not... I'm not out here having fun on the road. Yeah. I want to get back home. I mean, this is my job. I'm here to present, do a meeting, and I'm getting the fuck back home. I don't want to hang out in wherever at in the country for an extra eight hours eating lunch and getting drinks. Yeah. I want to go home. Mm-hmm. And people that don't have that desire to spend that time with their partner don't can't understand. comprehend that. Yeah, I know. It's tough for them. It is. It is very tough. But I think that that's where it, it really kind of ties in with with really the the biggest piece mm-hmm. of of what makes the, the, I, I guess if you had to have one major key ingredient to what's the one thing that actually describes and sums up a healthy, truly happy relationship or marriage would be you guys as a couple are synonymous with one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I with mean, every everything, everything, everything that we. Yeah. Everything that we do, everything that people know about us and know who we are, we are Seth and Crystal. Nobody knows me without you. Yeah. I mean, we do our podcast together. Mm-hmm. We, and this goes to the the one where we said, oh, just because you do everything together doesn't mean that you're, that right. you're happy. But yeah, we do we do everything together, but it's not just that. Mm-hmm. It's not that we just do everything together. Cuz you can do everything together and and not be happy. It it's really a culmination of of everything that we've talked about. It is it, it it's it's we are Seth and Crystal. We we are a package deal. And and I think about our other couple friends that that's how we talk about them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's Mike and Angie. Yeah. It's Ryan and Courtney. Yeah. And, and I think that when you're allowed to have, or, or when you just take on that title, that that's a pretty good sign. I mean, you, you have that, that being synonymous with one another where everyone really perceives you as, that couple. Now, having a stupid ass joint Facebook account does not <laughs> give you a pass to say that that's what you are. Right. Okay. I know. Mm-hmm. So, all of you with your lame ass little joint accounts, that's not what we're talking about. 
No. But people can't think about me without thinking about you. Yeah, I know. Well, and even like with with like your clients and stuff at work, like mm-hmm. even your clients know who I am. Yeah. And even today you spoke with a new new prospect. A new prospect and and you brought up your wife. I don't just throw it out there to no, bring it up. I, no, I, I'm I not that unprofessional, but right. I mean, it, it's one of those things when when we've gone to locations and I take you on travel, and I'll just, if if we're taking clients out to dinner, I will say, hey, everybody, bring your spouse because mm-hmm. I'm bringing mine. <laughs> yeah, and uh-huh. so people tend to meet you, and even meeting you has closed a lot of deals because people don't see me as a salesperson mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah, and they just see you as a good guy. They ask about you. Uh huh. Oh, where's Crystal? Yeah, where's Crystal this trip? Yeah. Is she, did, are you bringing your wife? Where's she at? Uh huh. And and that's that's not something that we strived to do. No, it's it was just something that just happened. Just like everything else, it was just kind of effortless, and it ended up leading down that path. Mm-hmm. And so I think that 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 type of cohesiveness is is something that most couples should should if you aren't striving for that and it's not happening naturally how separate are you really trying to make your lives i mean i've I've said it on here before i i know people that i'm pretty close to that looking at their social media account you would bet dollars to fucking donuts they were single Mm -hmm. you would have no idea they were even married and they are and they're the first ones to be like oh yeah i've been happily married for 15 years well no you're not uh you're wrong yeah (laughs) And so I think that that's where the natural kind of process of how that happens is just says a lot mm-hmm. about the the true non-forced effortless type of relationship that you may have. Mm-hmm. I know. And I think some people try to cheat the system a little bit like we have a lot of trust issues and so we're doing everything together. Mhm. And, and people can read through that, mm-hmm. but when it's when it's just natural, it's just something well, that and it just can, happens. You can see when it's just natural right. and mm-hmm. when people are forcing that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, it, yeah, you can just see it. You mm-hmm. you just know you're like, okay, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when I anytime I go anywhere, retail stores in town, and you aren't with me. That's the first question that gets asked. Same thing happens to you when you go to the gym and I'm not with you. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Is, is Where's that? People just get used to visually and aesthetically seeing a couple together. Mm-hmm. And so when you've hit a point when the two of you aren't together is abnormal, that's a pretty good successful indicator. It is. It really is. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are always doing things on your own and... You finally bring your partner something like, oh, this is your husband? Yeah. I've heard so much about you. And you've been doing this thing, whatever it is, for a year or two and never brought your partner? But really, you didn't know anything about about their partner at all. (laughs) That's not a good sign. (laughs) No. You know? It's not. I know. I think that's sad. Mm -hmm. I think that is really sad that if people, when people do that. It is. You know? But... Yeah, I mean that that is the biggest thing mm-hmm. though with with our relationship is just every we are connected. We are 
Sauté hey, Crystal. You complete. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Can we wrap this up? I gotta we go can. get. I gotta go get cigars with the guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't have anything else to add, unless you do. No. Uh-uh. Yeah. I'm good. But yeah, I think that uh, it was a good a good episode. Um, thank you all for listening and watching. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.